Gardy Lou, the podcast where we plan to tell you about mythical beasts or creatures, but they're really monsters. <laughs> <laughs> pretty bad monsters, too. Yeah. <laughs> some of mine are. Some of these were pretty creepy, but I did kind of enjoy um, the descriptions, like where they're, it's sort of like a, like Legos or something, or I don't know what those that game was where you would have like a different head and a different body and different legs, and then you could just switch them out and get a new creature. Yeah, or you got this extra part. Ah, let's stick this arm coming out of the back. Just stick this <laughs> snake head on this lamb body with a lizard tail. Yeah. <laughs> It'll work out. <laughs> so I kind of like, I looked at Myth mythical creatures or beasts or whatever and I got a little bit of information about what it is. Um, this came from Ansel Pereira um, from owlcation.com 100 Greatest Mythological and Legendary Creatures um, but the description is a mythical mythological creature, this is a quote, also referred to as a legendary creature or mythical creature, is a fictional, supernatural, and imaginary animal or hybrid being, meaning it can sometimes be part human. The existence of legendary creatures or mythological creatures referred to in ancient traditional circles has not been proven. So, you can't prove they exist. Well, did you know that there's a, a science to that? <laughs> to proving they exist? Well, a cryptozoologist. Oh, like a you could get a job doing well, this? Like it's your profession? Yeah, their oh. aim is to prove the existence of mythical creatures, which oh. they call crypto, cryptids. Cryptids? Yeah. Oh, I saw that word, but I didn't know what it meant. Yeah, that's the, I guess it's a beast that they can't, some of them they can, I guess they say oh that's definitely a myth but some of them yeah they could say like oh that I mean, like the narwhal i saw was like one of the ones that they proved was a real animal yeah the, well they think that's what people thought it was i have a couple that i picked that were turning out to be well, based real. on on something that's actually real yeah like they could they kind of think oh well, it was probably a bear or a wolf or a whatever yeah yeah i I had to laugh at myself about the narwhal because I think I, I was telling you this earlier, but <laughs> like up until like the last few years here, I seriously thought narwhals were like myth mythical creatures like a unicorn, unicorn. or because um, I just only saw them in cartoon <laughs> character, like they were depicted that way. And I just feel really dumb, but I probably shouldn't share this with the world. But it's like, it's kind of funny, you know, the stuff that <laughs> as an adult, you know, you realize you don't know anything about or you have it completely wrong. Like it happens when you're a kid, you know, as you grow up, you're like, oh, I, you know, I thought this about this thing. And I was, it was, I just made that up in my head. Probably it's not real. And now as an adult, it still happens occasionally. <laughs> Well, I guess the unicorn was, they think, was this rhinoceros, too, so. 
But that sure does not, a unicorn does not look at all like a rhinoceros. Well, it's like the sailors thinking a manatee was a mermaid. And then you look at the manatee and you're like, what kind of women were you like looking at? <laughs> well, like... Desperate times call for desperate measures. <laughs> Some of those sailors were out at sea for years. Yeah, that's true. So I thought it was interesting because a lot of mythical creatures are mentioned in the Bible, which I guess lent it lent them some legitimacy. So people were more apt to believe they were real because it's in the Bible, it's in the right? Bible. Yeah. And I also found that um, people who practice Wicca, I mean, probably not all people, but some people who practice Wicca, um, they look at the mythical animals kind of as I don't know if they think they're real necessarily, but they they have mythical, or not mythical, they have um, like a spiritual energy that they feel like they can harness and use in their practice. So it's like they're real, but not necessarily. More of a spiritual yeah. being than a physical being. Right. So they, they see them as both symbolic and literal or... I mean, maybe they do think they're real, I guess, because some people in those traditions believe in fairies, that fairies are real and different things like that, too. So maybe that's the religion for you. <laughs> I remember you saying you really liked fairies or wanted to believe they were real. Yeah. But um, so I guess like if there wouldn't be a huge leap to thinking that they could be real, but you just don't you can't see them or or whatever. So I thought that was kind of cool, too. Well, there's a lot of things that are real that I've never seen. <laughs> well, when you think about, like, we can't see all the colors that exist. So there's stuff that's happening outside of our ability to perceive them. So why not? Why can't, maybe there is, like, a unicorn and fairies and, like, who knows, right? Yeah. The one with the colors, I, I think about that quite often. Like, what would it look like? Because it would be something we don't have any idea of. Yeah, you can't imagine it no i get i think about that too as an artist like oh i wish i knew what the other colors were you know <laughs> so yeah. i could paint with them <laughs> try some new stuff something new yeah yeah so i guess like not that i'm saying um mythical creatures are real but i guess it's just up to your your belief system and you know whatever it's hard to to when you looking it up all these facts. Oh yeah, we were, we were laughing about that earlier because of the facts. Like we, you start talking like it's really real. It's kind of like the zombies or the vampires mm -hmm. too. Like once you get into this mindset, it's hard to remember. Wait, this isn't real. Like the way I'm talking about it. Like here's the facts about, you know, this mythical creature as if it's real and it can do this and it can do that and. Well, because some of them. Traditionally, like in the Greek mythology, which I did a few on that, um, these are ancient descriptions. Right. But then somehow or other I kept getting into descriptions with more things they were doing and things that happened. And then I found out, oh, it's for a game, Dungeons & Dragons or something like that. <laughs> it's, and it's like, oh, wait a minute, that's not, that's, not, <laughs> that's not a fact. And then I'm like, well, wait a minute, none of this is really a fact. It's yeah. just it's whoever's just somebody's opinion. like idea about it, yeah. And a lot of them came from poems and plays that somebody made up back 
you know, yeah, so it'd for be entertainment. Like if you took a modern day work of fiction and then just decided it was real, I guess in the future, or they might say like, like I don't know what what uh, Lord of the Rings or that's not super modern. It it should have done that one. <laughs> The clown, clown. yeah, because yeah. it's kind of a because a, a well, it's like a beast. spider sometimes too, right? Yeah. So like, yeah, and, but like in the future, somebody might say, "Oh, they had this um, clown that stole children, and it turned into a, or it was really a spider, or like, and think it, you know, that we really believed it was real." Yeah, it's kind of funny to think about the archaeologists digging up digging our up. our history. <laughs> All right, so do you want to, like, dive into some of the creatures we unearthed? <laughs> yeah. You want me to start? Yeah, sure. It's worked so far. You want to go first? Okay. Um, the first one I, I looked up was the Kraken because, you know, I always hear release that. The release the Kraken. Yeah. <laughs> and then they have a, um, I don't know what alcohol it is that has, that's their symbol is the Kraken. Oh, that's a good one for yeah. alcohol. <laughs> Cause I think about that too, when I was doing this, but, um, the Kraken was a, uh, cephalopod. I thought you were going to look up how to say all these things. <laughs> I did. Well, it says cephalopod. <laughs> Which is um, cephalopod. Yeah. Okay. And uh, it was a, a giant sea monster that resembles an, an octopus, octopus, which we, you know, I did know that. And it, and it appears off the coast of Norway and Greenland up in the, where it, the waters were cold. So it likes cold water. Yeah. It, um... In Scandinavian folklore, it was 129 feet long, oh, wow. and it could be mistaken for an island if you saw it off in the distance. Oh. And it had a one-and-a-half-mile-long tentacles, their arms. I guess they're tentacles, I don't know. Yeah, well... Is the tentacle the arm or the, the, the little suction cups? Suction cups, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> But anyway, it would attack ships and circle their arms around the, their tentacles or whatever they are around the ships and um, pull them down yeah. into the water. Scary. And it would cause a whirlpool if they didn't, even if they surfaced, they would go down in the water. It would cause a, a, a big whirlpool Just when they went down, down and suck everything down. Yeah. Wow. Um, and so there's like documented cases. I mean, sort of of people witnessing. Yeah, this? they've 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 they figured survived? that this was. Yeah, they, they some, some would of them survive. survive. Yeah, or I guess if there were a few ships there too, they would see this. They oh, like supposedly Kraken. saw this happen. Right. Well, just the facts, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know which is the fact and which isn't. And um, they've. Figure that this is based on that, that there are giant squids. They've seen giant squids. Right. You know, they're documented. Um, and it has, uh, you know, these squids are extremely intelligent. They have neurons that are distributed throughout their their suckers. I guess that's a sucker is the little suction cup thing. Well, that makes sense. Their arms and brains. They have three heart, hearts. 
They have blue blood. They have a venomous beak. No bones, and they can squeeze into any shape. Also, they can change color. I mean, they have a lot of abilities. They make us look like foolish little creatures oh, they <laughs> with were... all their abilities here. <laughs> I saw a little, little, few little side things where they talked about how some of these um, octopuses, octopi or whatever you call them. Octopi, yeah. <laughs> I think it's octopi. It's octopi. In captivity where they would open up their cages and escape. Oh, yeah, and escape. There was a story about that. Yeah. There's one where they said it showed up in a teapot. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> went across the room and hit out in the teapot. So, <laughs> can you imagine like opening the teapot and there it is? <laughs> so there it is. Because it can, it has no bones, so it can squish like a into mouse small it's... holes. Yeah, and, yeah. I thought that was interesting. I find it fascinating that they're so intelligent too. Yeah, they really are. But they said that the longest squid on record. I, I I've seen two two things. One said fifty five feet long, and one said seventy feet. So. Oh. I imagine as time goes on, they update these sites that I saw. Um, if they find another one that's bigger or something, they'll post it. Well, they said they've some of them that, that a giant squid can have in ten arms, and they grow can grow longer than a school bus. Man, so that's insane! But that's the ocean's like huge. Huge. Like you think it's huge, but then it's like way. It's like space almost. Like, yeah. it's hard to just, like, comprehend the hugeness of yeah. it. Yeah. Well, that's why a lot of those sailors were out to yeah. sea for a long time. Well, even when we went on that cruise, and we weren't even really out, but you can't see anything, like, in any direction. It's just kind of a weird feeling. And the the ones with the kraken, they said that, you know, they had, like, mile-long tentacles and ten heads. Some I mean, sailors said they had ten heads. But... And they had huge fangs. Oh, fangs? <laughs> yeah, I guess with their venomous beak, they must have had fangs coming out. I wonder if the stories just get retold so much and then that changes their memories. Because I know that happens. Like, suddenly there's fangs well, and then that's how they remember it. Everyone has um, their take to make it more exciting, an exciting yeah. story. Well, the one I, I saw had I fangs. I punched him in the, in the ninth <laughs> head and, yeah, and his fangs came out. They also said that there are sea serpents... You know, the sea serpents that yeah. they think those are an oar fish or a ribbon fish, which is a long eel-shaped fish that grows to 36 feet and has crests that are bright um, reddish color uh, that spines on their head and it goes down their their back. A spiny dorsal, dorsal fin that runs down their entire back. So this can also feed into that, you know, the sea monster Right. Then they see these creatures, and, and 36 feet is pretty long. Yeah, and then the light reflects off different parts, and it probably looks like different shapes. And But I don't know. Eels scare the crap out of me on their own. They're pretty creepy-looking things. They're like snakes. <laughs> yeah, like underwater snakes. And then they stay in those holes. Like at the aquarium, I'm not a huge fan of those. They're right up there with sharks for me. I'm like, ah, I don't want to look at your dead eyes. And another one that was would be considered a cryptid, I guess, uh, is uh, chupacabra. Oh, yeah, chupacabra, uh, big it, around this these parts. Yeah, because it's basically from Mexico. Yeah. Um, well, Plus it started it's in Puerto Rico. Oh, it did? Yeah, that's what they, well, according, the fact I saw. <laughs> according to the Internet, yeah. Yeah. As we've discussed in the past, we're not always, like, a hundred percent sure that we're a hundred percent accurate, but we try our best. 
they um it really became more uh the sightings became more pronounced in 1995 where this woman saw it outside her kitchen window and she said it it kind of it looked like a coyote with mange or a horrible skin disease um, but the chupacabra in Spanish means goat sucker is what would happen is they would have um, people would lose their their goats and you know yeah, cattle farm small in a smaller cattle I don't know if it would get a big one but and their bodies would be drained of blood weird so they defined the carcass but it would be intact except its blood was gone yeah that is kind of weird um it said every drop of blood but i don't know or also it could be and i think this this one actually she said she said it was more of a lizard like with large claws and it stood upright and had scaly gray skin <laughs> see this is where i get like confused sometimes cuz you're like okay it's a, it's like a coyote with mange or was that what you said but yeah. then this other person's like oh no it's a lizard that stands upright with claws yeah so you're kind of like okay it's just like a word for creepy monsters well, it was hairless so i could see where that might look lizard like the skin that's true sometimes their skin gets you know i mean mange hairless. is pretty yeah terrible pretty bad looking, so um, but still it just seems weird they had a, um, I guess in 1995, they had like 150 reports on this. Wow. With one human attack. And I couldn't find anything else where it said a human was attacked. Or any description of it or anything. Yeah. And then, but then I also, there was someone, an author that went, he wrote a book about it. And he went down and interviewed this woman and come to find out she had just watched a movie, Predator, I think. <laughs> <laughs> which has a what year kind was of this? lizard, 1995. Oh, 95, okay. Yeah. yeah. That seems really modern. I mean, sort of. Yeah. yeah. But it that's when they had a lot more sightings. So, you know, people saw this. And I, I know when you look outside, you see things. I know just in my bedroom, I'll see something, a shadow and a thing. And it's, ooh, that looks like something weird. And I look to figure out what it is. And yeah. it's just my shirt thrown over a chair, <laughs> you know, something <laughs> right, like right. that. Yeah. So, um, there was a, a person in K Kentucky captured, shot one. I saw it outside their window, and I shot it. Okay. And I saw pictures of that, and it kind of did. It kind of looked like a giant hairless rat, Ooh. but it was like, you know, maybe three feet long or something. But it had kind of little rounded ears and weird. and a weird tail, but. Then they also, because I saw this was on the news, and they, a news clip, and then they showed the guy, you know, he talked about it, and he said he saw it, but he was going to keep it until he could get it analyzed, but they never came back and said what what oh, it was, a was DNA no testing or anything. Yeah. But a woman who was a vet, she said, oh, it's probably a raccoon or a possum that has mange. Because the ears, you know, the possum's ears are a little rounded. They're a really big possum, though, wouldn't it? Three feet long? Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe two and a half feet. It was hard to tell because I could see it. It was a rocking chair there on the porch. I had it laying on the porch, and you could see something that kind of gives you an idea that it was, it was bigger than a rat. Yeah. Uh, but they didn't know what it was.
Interesting. And there's also, um, they have a dog that's like an Aztec dog. That it could be called the Sholo It's Queen Tilly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Why can't they name these things Shalo, something easy queen, to say? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's in their that language. Oh, that's so. true. And it's sometimes called the Mexican hairless dog, named after the Aztec god of fire, that this particular god escorted the dead to the underworld. Oh, okay. And it it is hairless, but it has a ridge of hair going down its back. Like a mohawk? Yes. So that can be where kind of the lizard-like thing came from, That's too. That's true. They could have saw, saw it and thought it was scales or something. Yeah. You know, so, because I, I saw some pictures, and it did look like it could be a, um, you know, a, a coyote with mange that lost its hair, because they look, you know, yeah, kind of bad. squirrely. But I never even knew what that was. I just remember I when it really came out either. here. People would talk about it, but I didn't know. Yeah. I thought it was a, just the boogeyman, you know? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know, like, what it looked like or anything, so it's kind of interesting yeah, to find out. That it's just a... It's just some poor animal. But that's those are the two that I got that could be real. The rest of them are, are Obviously, Greek mythology. Yeah. And I started looking at mythical beasts. And, of course, there was Greek mythology. And came across one Typhon. He was a titan god of storm storms and things like that okay and they said he was where we get the typhoon yeah yeah and um he uh he was a (laughs) a poison spitting viper and also considered the father of all monsters oh so now we know the origin story of all monsters and he was uh he fought Zeus to become he wanted to become the the um the ruler of all yeah, the cosmos. The titans try to overthrow the gods. I looked this up after we did some one of our talks, one of our podcasts and I cuz I didn't remember know what titans were. I didn't remember. Of course I still don't remember after looking it up, but I think they were like trying to overthrow the gods. That's why the gods were, like, punishing him all the time. Well, he did. He tried to, and he almost succeeded. But Thor had some thunderbolts, and I guess he threw enough of them and and did it. And anyway, he threw him underneath the um, mountain, underneath the volcano. So that's where he has to stay, underneath the volcano. But he is a monster with a hundred dragon heads. Oh, gosh, that's too many heads. (laughs) have nightmares <laughs> <laughs> and he spewed fire and all sorts of unspeakable sounds from these heads because um they said the heads were some say they snake heads but some of them said that they were all different kinds of animals and oh, then gosh. they would all scream and uh, all at once and it sounds said like it was my kids are just yeah, unspeakable like, sounds hundred oh no thank you and he had two snake tails for legs Two snake tails. Snake tails. So his legs were snakes. That's quite the picture I'm forming in my mind. And he had um, 
he was very strong, he had enormous strength, and he had many arms, maybe a hundred arms, with hundreds of dragon heads or snake heads or something, you know, depending on which one you look at, four fingers. So he's got like a hundred heads, and then his fingers have heads. Fingers have heads. No, yeah. And he had all these different arms, and he also had wings. Of course he did. (laughs) And then, so he only had two legs. Was he an upright walker? Or a slitherer. (laughs) And his body, his, the, the body part was of a man, the torso. And there was a lot of mention of him having filthy hair. <laughs> well, I mean, who has time to wash that many heads of hair? Really? He's probably like, what do you expect? So I don't know if he if he had, uh, you know, the dragon heads had had hair, hair on them or what? Oh my gosh! Because it, it, it depends on which one. Which yeah, if you had all the different animal heads, they'd probably have hair. So. Yeah, well, and he got cast down. They said is Zeus either sent him to the underworld or made him stay there, or <laughs> confined just didn't him. Want to look at him anymore <laughs> under volcanic regions, which caused all the eruptions of fire. You know, yeah, that's then... supposedly caused by him. Okay, that makes sense. And then he, his wife, was a kidna. He got a wife. Yeah, the guy who doesn't wash his hair. Yeah. <laughs> And she's the mother of all monsters, and well, she so she was had a beautiful like they said her she she had she was beautiful with glancing eyes which whatever that so means. he's this hideous beast, but his wife is a beautiful her a beautiful maiden her maiden. body I don't know how she could be a maiden and be a mother of all monsters but she well, yeah. she had her upper body was human and her face was human. And, and beautiful, but she had um, snake hair. Hair, yeah. Oh. And she was considered half snake, half woman. And she was immortal, immortal, and she was beautiful, and she could kill with venom. Oh, okay. So she had that part of her was snake too. They said she lived in a cave, and she would just kill passerbys, buyers, and things like that. Lure them in with their beauty, get them with their snake head hair. Yeah. So they had a, a slew of <laughs> horrible monsters. Babies? Yeah. Monster baby children? Yeah. They were like more the more horrid monsters. Um, they were... I mean, I don't think they'd have any nice, beautiful, innocent children. No. <laughs> the the no. combination... There was a um, Lernian Hydra, okay, which was a nine-headed or more, depending on. Takes after dad. Yeah, <laughs> serpent, which would grow two heads. If you if you you couldn't cut its head off, and see, I've heard this one before, but I didn't know what it was. That if they cut one of those heads off, it would grow two more heads. That's probably yeah. why it had. Nine or more heads. It just depended on how many were cut off or not. It had poisonous, a poisonous breath and so poisonous I probably blood. Probably never brushed his teeth. <laughs> <laughs> and this is one of like Hercules, one of his twelve missions that he had to oh, go on. Oh, that's right. I think I read about that. And he tried to kill him, but he couldn't do it. So he got his nephew. 
Because isn't one head, I think I read one head was immortal. Like you could kill some yeah. of the heads, but I don't know how though, if it just grows more heads back, but. Yeah, you could, the, well, what it did, what they did was he would, he cut the head off and his nephew would immediately cauterize the neck. Oh, that's right. The, the cauterizing of it. Yeah. yeah so, so it couldn't, couldn't grow, grow back, grow too back. And then the immortal head, they cut it off and they stuck it under a rock. <laughs> That's what they you do with things it. you can't kill. <laughs> They're like, oh, we got a witch, we got a hydra, Let's stick them under a rock. And I don't know what this one's job was. Some some of them had jobs that they had to do, like the um, chimera, which is pronounced spelled C H I M E R A. See, I was pronouncing that chimera. Yeah, it depends. I think it depends on, depends on what. Where you where came you, from? Well, and I don't know if I looked that one up because I was cocky and thought, well, I know how to pronounce this one. Well, it, it said Chimera. I think you're right. That sounds much cooler than Chimera. <laughs> <laughs> Which had a lot of... It, it was part lion, part goat, and part snake. And it... The lion was gave it strength... The goat gave it intelligence, which the I goat? didn't know goat were, were, goats were that intelligent. <laughs> Poor goats. <laughs> and it had the cunning of a snake. It's, the, head, the lion's head would breathe fire, and it was where its head should be. <laughs> yeah. But the goat head came out of its back. Yeah, that like was weird to me, because I looked that one up too, I think, and I... I was trying to picture this goat head that comes out of your back. Yeah. It's like, who dreams this Why? stuff up? <laughs> Why would you want it to? Yeah. Well, I guess that maybe it got protected by the lion's head. both directions. Because the goat was supposed to be the intelligent one. Yeah, and probably could look in both directions. But the tail ended in a, um, the head of a serpent. Yeah, like a snake. snake. And it was a water being it, it would... <laughs> like the water? Like the water, yeah. Because it said it would um, it would appear to Greek sailors before disaster would happen. Oh, they would warn see them? It. Sort of? Yeah, or threaten them, I don't I mean, know. was it causing the disaster? Pro- I, I don't mm-hmm. know. They didn't go into that part too much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it, it also caused, just like Typhoon, it, it would... Um, What'd you say it caused? Fire, like oh. volcanic fire activity and fire and stuff. Okay. So it took after its dad there. Okay, and then there was Gorgon, which was a snake-haired, snake body. Um, Wasn't there a Gorgon in Stranger Things, or was that something else? Um, I feel like I remember them screaming Gorgon or something. Maybe. I didn't finish that yet. What? Oh, no. <laughs> I stopped it, the, and then I never, never got, got back. back to it. And it stare could turn a person to stone, which um, on some of them it said that Medusa, which oh, yeah. was had the, the um, snake hair, was not related oh. to Oh, so you think they have the same the chidna, cause that's the, ability. Um, the, it, the mom... It was just like the mom and their mother's image, but there were th- some of them say it, that she, that Medusa was 
Her daughter? Her daughter. I mean, it sounds like... But then some of them said it wasn't that she was the daughter of someone else. But there were Hmm. supposedly three of them, three sisters. They were all Gorgons. Oh, yeah, I remember that. That's probably where I'm getting Gorgon, too. Yeah, but they're not all necessarily Typhon kids or... Yeah, they just have similar abilities or look exactly like them. Whatever. How must be long-distance cousins. (laughs) Then there was Laudum. Which, uh, it was a giant snake, like a python. Huge, though. That, um... Got a lot of snake ones. I'm like, I don't like all these stories. <laughs> I know. A lot of them, they had snake abilities or snake... Attachments. Hair, snake yeah. tail. I would be... I don't know. I wouldn't be able to do anything. <laughs> You're like, this is snakes. not cool, guys. <laughs> But he was just like a giant snake, and he guarded the golden golden apple, apples in the Garden of Hesperides. I didn't look that word up, but Hesperides, Hesper- something like that. Hesperides? Um, yeah, Hesperides. Could be. Could be. Uh-huh. Um, but the, the golden apples would give you immortality if you ate them. Oh, so okay. So he was guarded. And that makes sense. he was also uh, one of Hercules' missions was to get rid of him get the get the apples kill him and he actually killed Loden, Loden by dipping his arrows into the blood of the hydras that were poisonous and that's how he killed him Ooh. so killed him with the brothers or sisters i don't know what they're male or female some of them didn't say what they were yeah they male had or female, a with the specific blood but, with gender or whatever yeah and then the sphinx um, this is a, a Greek sphinx. It's different from the Egyptians. Oh. This one was, um, because the Egyptian one is half human, half lion. Right. But the, 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 um, Greek one had the face of a maiden with those glancing eyes, which I have no idea what, what the glancing mean? eyes mean. Is that that where they like look away and then look back at you? Yeah, like... I guess the flirtatious maybe. I yeah. don't know. It had the breast, feet, and claws of a lion, the tail of a serpent, and wings of a bird. And hmm. the Egyptian one is, is it's, this is female. The, the um, Greek one is female. And then the Egyptian one it was male, has the lower part of the body. They don't the, have wings either, do they? No, I they don't, don't have wings. Okay. And they're thinking. usually laying down. Right. Whereas the... Um, Sphinx in the Greek mythology could move around, you know, walk upright and fly and all that. Wasn't just a statue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it would. And then this is another thing. I'm not sure. This is all I could get was because it would ask questions, and if you didn't answer the question right, right, it would kill you, probably eat you. So it dwelt outside the city of Thebes, which is Egyptian. So I don't know. But it would, if you didn't, the travelers that came by, if they didn't answer the question right, they would get eaten. Oh, yeah, I remember killed. that story. Yeah. But they, they didn't answer the question right until, um, there were three questions that it usually asked. But then the king said, I'll give my kingdom away to whoever can answer the question and get rid of this, yeah. this monster out here. So Oedipus came along and 
the Sphinx asked the question, which was, which is the creature that has one voice, but has four feet in the morning, two feet in the afternoon, and three feet at night? That was the question it asked. It's like a riddle, huh? Yeah. And Oedipus says, um, man, man crawls as a baby, walks on two feet as an adult, and and walks with a cane when old. Ah, I couldn't figure out what the three feet were. Like, I figured yeah. the crawling, the standing on two feet, but yeah, a cane makes sense. So he won. The Did he get the yeah, kingdom? Yeah, well, the... the Supposedly, the Sphinx was so upset that somebody answered the question that she killed herself. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's or dramatic. ate herself, they said. She ate herself? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of them said that. It keeps like, getting what? worse. <laughs> but that's... That's the one way to go. That's about it. Because I started, I was going to do... I was going to do some in the, you know, American legends or, you know, mythical things, but they were kind of tame. I thought I'd better get some monsters instead. <laughs> Make it more entertaining? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. So what do you got? Something different, I hope. I got a bunch of stuff I, from different cultures and things, and I'm probably going to pronounce some stuff wrong, too, even though I looked it up, too. Did you write it down? How to pronounce some of them? Some of them I couldn't really find. I think there must be more obscure, or you know, I'd find stories about them, but I couldn't find like someone actually saying it. Oh, you couldn't get it. Yeah. How do you say? Yeah, because I have those like little pronunciation things that will say it. I don't always trust those either. Sometimes they get thumbs down, and I'm like, does that mean they're saying it wrong? But sometimes you can find like somebody on YouTube that's giving a talk, and then they'll say it, and you're like, oh, okay. But well, most, I, I found like two or three different sites that would say, like one of them was specialized it. in Greek mythology. So I oh, figured that's oh, helpful. that was yeah. helpful for what I was doing. <laughs> that's probably accurate too. Um, I got a couple like quick ones here and then I have some more in-depth stuff. But um, this one's called an Urkatu, I think. And it's an ox humanoid from the Sardinian mythology. And so a man who commits a serious fault would then turn into a white ox on the on a full on full moon nights. So it's kind of like a werewolf, but you turn into, into a white ox. ox. Yeah, and it has two large horns. And what it does is it'll stop in front of a house and bellow three times, and his roar is heard by all the people in the country. And then according to the tradition, the master of that house will die within the year. And sometimes the Urkatu is accompanied by some devils who um, will put candles on its horn and then prod it around with hot skewers to get it to go bellowing at people. Hmm, probably where they want them to bellow. Yeah, because I'm sure, like, if you're a human, there might still be some human in there that doesn't want to go bellow at your neighbor's house and have them die in a year. Yeah. Um, The only cure for this is someone that's brave and strong must extinguish those candles that are on the horns in one puff. Or you have to be able to cut the horns off in one precise, you know, 
slice. Chop. Chop, yeah. What did, did it look like an ox, the whole body, or did it have human... I don't know. I think, like, the picture I saw it was just an ox, but I think it walked on two feet. And then it had, like, the big... The horns were kind of bigger than a normal ox. And where was this? Um, it's Sardinian mythology. So, um, this one's Mayan mythology. Hui, Hui Che, half man, half beast creature. Um, oh wait, no, that's not the one I did, sorry. This one is called Imboi Tui, Imboi Tui. A Guarani, Guarani, Guarani mythology. It's a hybrid serpent peacock monster. Ooh. I thought you would like it because you <laughs> like peacocks. <laughs> sometimes it's portrayed as a peacock. Sometimes it's more of a parrot um, with a really big beak. And it's forked, has a forked tongue that's the color of blood. And its skin is scaly and streaked. <clears throat> it has feathers all over its head. And he scares people with his by looking at him with his like mean face. He has like the grumpy resting face. <laughs> <laughs> but is it a it's a it's a bird the the peacock or parrot is the head. Yeah. I don't know what the body is. Um in particular here, but it patrols swamps and protects amphibian life. And so it protects the wetlands and gets mad if like people hurt the animals in that area and it'll its squawk is so loud and terrible that it instills terror in people so you might hear it if you're out bothering some frogs or something so that sounds like a one to protect i mean it protects yeah, the swamplands like then ecology yeah pro environment <laughs> one <laughs> okay the next one is the kalupalik which is an inuit um, mythology or story, I guess. It's a humanesque creature. She has long dark hair with green bumpy skin that's kind of similar to a fish, a particular fish, but I forgot to write down the name of it. <laughs> <laughs> and they have really long nails and sometimes they smell like sulfur. And so what happens is if children are walking too close to the water's edge, um, they might get grabbed by the kalupalik. She's kind of waiting there for them. And sometimes you can hear, like, a humming song that she's kind of singing before she strikes, I guess. And so um, the Inuit children are told that when they hear that eerie hum, that means that she's close by. They better run, huh? Yeah. And if she's... um, Sometimes she'll, like tap her fingers on the ice under their feet when they're walking on it. Oh. Yeah. Um, so sometimes they'll see like a flash of, of her and then she'll be gone, but sometimes she'll leap out from under the water with her long, sharp fingernails, sink them into the victim's flesh and drag them forward. And she's got, sometimes in some of the stories, she's got like a backpack kind of thing that she can stick the children in and dive back into the water. And drowned them and take them with her. And um, so you're, you're like freezing. And you, as you're drowning, the parents will tell them you'll hear your family like screaming your name up above the ice, you know, because you're being pulled down underneath. So trapped under the ice. Yeah. And so like 
They say it's like a story to keep the children away from the ice so they don't, probably the ice doesn't break. Like I'm imagining like the ticking, the, you know, it's yeah. the ice cracking or whatever. That's what I was thinking. Um, I also heard another story about it where they described the Kalupalik more as like barren women, I guess, who couldn't have children who would um, see, well, they would see these children walking alone and they would just take them and then raise them as their own because the parents weren't really looking after them carefully enough kind of thing. Yeah. And so they would take the children Still and kidnap them. turn them into Kupaliks or Kalupaliks, i got to say it right. Um, and then the, if it was a girl, they would turn into a Kalupalik. And if it's a boy, they train them to be like um, protectors of their clan, I guess. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, creepy. <laughs> yeah, she looks pretty creepy. Like when you, I saw like some pictures that people had painted or drawn out to depict her, and it was like it looked like a good horror movie. I bet it is one. <laughs> Probably, I wouldn't be surprised. I noticed a lot of these had been turned into horror movie, you know, in a horror movie or something. Um, the next one was the Minotaur, which is the head and tail of a bull and a body of a man. So. The legend begins with the sacrifice of 14 Athenian children, and they're sent into a labyrinth in Crete to wander for days through the dark stone halls and try to find their way, but the they're basically being sacrificed to the Minotaur, so they know like they're going to get eaten up by the Minotaur. And the people in Athens have to draw lots to decide who's going to be sacrificed. Oh. So they have to send their kids the kids in um and the king of crete demanded the sacrifice as retribution retribu- retribution <laughs> for the death of his um son at their hands at the um athenian's hands so they had to you know do this year every year i think um but no matter how careful they are the children always get found by the min- minotaur and they get to see his fa- face for, like, just a moment before he eats them up. And uh, so the Minotaur was the blasphemous offspring of the Queen of Crete and a bull. So she got with a bull <laughs> and he was born. <laughs> and his real name was Asterion, but he was never allowed a normal life because King Minos of Crete was ashamed of what, had wi- what his wife had done. So there's like a little bit of backstory there that is a little different than, you know, the Athenians killing his son. Yeah. Um, He's also worried about the violent rage that lived inside the beast. So he had to lock him inside the labyrinth. And then the only way they could like feed him or whatever was to sacrifice the children. So according to Plutarch, a Greek biographer, um... This this story is, like, based in real events, like a real story. Um, each year, Plutarch claims King Minos would hold a festival in memory of his son, offering Athenian children as a prize to whoever won the festival's games. And the winner, um, this one time, I guess, or maybe, I don't know when, but was a, a cruel general named Tar- Taurus who brutalized the children he won in the festival. So I guess, like, you could win... You'd win these children. You could do whatever you wanted with them, which is pretty awful. Fake slaves. Yeah. I don't even want to think about what else. But um, he was so monstrous to the children, 
he was gifted that in time the story was changed and he was made into a literal monster. Um, in the myth of Theseus, who managed to kill the Minotaur, um, he is, you know, eliminated. But in real, in the true history, the guy that won the children was never, the children were never rescued and nothing really bad happened to him. So it's almost like they couldn't handle that a human could be so evil, so they just turned it and turned him into a monster instead for the story, you know, for the story, which I think happens now too. Like we don't want to think like anybody human would do those things, you know. Yeah. So well, we do call the humans that do those things monsters. Well, yeah, they are. I guess really, those are like the real monsters. Yeah. <laughs> Not these like lions with well. goat butt heads <laughs> you see somebody that looks like any you know just an average person you're not going to think anything of it but they come along with these snake heads and things you're going to run yeah you know they're monsters like yeah. you can see it coming um let's see the next one i have is the basilisk basilisk did you do that one no i oh. i have it written down but i didn't i didn't that it's was a, a snake too wasn't huge it? lizard oh, a giant snake or a composite of a reptile and rooster, usually the head of a rooster and the tail of a reptile with scaly wings. So apparently that name's been used for a couple of different looks. The giant snake thing. That was, wasn't that Conan the Barbarian that fought the giant snake? Oh, maybe. I don't remember. <laughs> I haven't seen that since I was like a little kid. I know there was like the basilisk in Harry Potter too, right? Yeah. He the yeah. basilisk? Um so I have a story that about this from 1587. So a five-year-old girl just vanished from her home. She had been out playing with one of her friends, and when she didn't come home, her mom got her maid, and they went like all over the town searching for the girls. And they found them in an underground cellar. Just um, more than one girl? Yeah, because she was playing with her friend. Oh, okay. I can't miss that part. <laughs> it's okay. Sometimes I talk too fast, I think. Um, so they, But they eventually found the girls in an underground cellar of this old abandoned house that had been just sitting there for like 30 years, falling apart, you know. And they were lying at the bottom of the steps, and both of their little bodies were stiff and still. Um, the girl's mother stayed at the top of the stairs and sent the maid down, of oh, course. <laughs> So she went down <coughs> into the dark basement, and before she reached, she suddenly stopped and just froze completely. She was in completely petrified where she stood, um, because I think that's what the bas- basilisk does. Like once it sees you, it you freeze in fear, turns like you, and turn into stone. Kind yeah, of. you can't move. Um, it's the beast that kills with a single glance. So the people of Warsaw were. Um, hardly the first to have seen a basilisk. According to the Romans, this mythological creature had once lived in abundance in Cyrene, an ancient nation in the land today known as Libya. So, uh, apparently it would leave a trail of poison wherever it went, and no man could kill it. If he stabbed it with the spear... Like, if a man tried to kill it with a spear, the poison would just drip down the spear and kill him. So. So it had poison for blood? Yeah, and apparently, like, 
people think it could have been a real animal or like an exaggerated version of one because Libya has cobras that can spit out poison. Um, so they think like it could have been something like that, you know, along those lines. And then it just got ex the exaggerated part is that it could kill by just glancing at you, you know. Yeah. So it would really have to like spit the venom. Um, um, yeah, so, but I guess like cobras aren't usually found in Warsaw, but the people of the city insisted, this is in 1587, that they saw the monster. Um, so they sent a convict named, of course, <laughs> Johan Farrer into the monster's lair in a coat of mirrors to like deflect the glare, the look up from the snake other basilisk so it, it couldn't hypnotize him yeah and then he had he dragged the serpent out with a snake and apparently there was a doctor there who I mean, he dragged him out with a snake i mean a rake i'm sorry oh okay <laughs> he dragged he dragged the basilisk out with a rake um and the doc there was a doctor there that said it really was a basilisk it had the head of a cock the eyes of a toad a crest like a crown, a warty and scaly skin covered all over with the hue of venomous animals, and a curved tail bent over behind its body. I guess that'd be like a scorpion tail? Yeah, probably. It's hard um, to picture when there's so many different things going on. Yeah, it's just like a lot. And then um, people think like they might have just had a case of mass delusion, like the whole town was under this delusion. Um, and it didn't say whether the girls, I guess the girls did die. So they say something was definitely in the cellar and killed the girls and the people needed an explanation for it. It's probably just some creepy guy. Probably. But. It's wearing a, a chicken mask. <laughs> a chicken mask. Maybe it was a zombie chicken from last week. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Weird. Uh, um, the next one I have is called Neon, Nian, maybe it's Nian, and this one I thought was really cool because it's, it's a Chinese um, mythology about the new year, which I always thought, like, that creature is a dragon that they, like, run around with. The one with the big round head? Yeah, but it's really a lion with a sharp horn on its head, so it's like, but it also has that long body when they do it, so maybe a they have a dragon body. too, but yeah. Um, and it comes out, it comes out the last day of the lunar year and it either lives under the sea or in the mountains. So it probably just depends. Like if you don't live near the sea, then it lives, lives in, the, in mountains. the mountains. Yeah. Um, so once a year it would come down from the mountain or crawl out of the sea looking for food and nothing could stop it. It was immortal. So weapons didn't affect it. They couldn't make it go away. The people in China would just board up their windows, lock their doors, hide under their bed kind of thing, and just pray that it went away. It's someone else. Yeah. That's what they're <laughs> so they would watch through their, from their hiding places and see where it went. And it had a flat face shaped something like a lion's with two huge horns on its head. Although I did see it depicted with depicted with just one big horn in the middle, kind of like a unicorn, but more curved and like sharp looking, not just like a pointy pole yeah. that comes out. Um, and it had a set of razor sharp teeth that would jut out of its mouth, 
and it was bigger than an elephant or any other creature that walks the earth. So it's huge with a lion head. Um, if they were lucky, it would just break through their stores of grain and eat all that food. Um, oh, it didn't have to have human food. Humans as food. Yeah, but if they were unlucky, it might get a hu- like catch a human. Catch someone. Kind of like a cat. Like they said, it pounced on you. Like you're rats. <laughs> and it would gore them with its horns and tear through their body with its sharp teeth and devour them piece by piece. And it particularly liked the flesh of children. Oh, of course. So, you know, young yeah. meat, I guess, as they say. What's that when you eat, like, uh, baby cows? What do they call it? Veal. Yeah, veal. So I guess it would be like that. Except humans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all like, ha, ha, ha. Like, oh. they're eating the children. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> well, I guess it's a way to keep your kids in line, but it's only for one day, right? Yeah. So for centuries, they were terrorized by this um, beast that would come out in, on one day a year. Um, but then one day, there was an old man that was, like, really brave, and he scared it off. And they were all like, yay! And then they wanted to know, like, how did he do it? But it turned out he was a god that was in disguise. And so he came and taught them how to keep the beast at bay. And he's like, you can't kill it. You just have to keep it from coming here. And he says it scares easily, and it doesn't like the color red. So that's kind of where you get all Chinese New Year has all the red. Um, he fears loud noises and strange creatures. So what he wanted him to do is spread red across the village and hang red signs on every door, make lots of noise with drums, music, and fireworks, and give the children face masks and lanterns to protect them. So to this day, the people in China have fireworks, bang drums, cover their cities in red um, for this festival, which is their kind of their New Year celebration. Hmm. Um, I wonder if they all know that they're scaring that off, or if that's just I know, gotten kind to be of a like, tradition yeah, now. Yeah, like ours get, like you forget the meaning behind it. Yeah. Um, so that keeps the, the beast from coming to their homes and, but they were warned that if they ever stop doing it, he'll come back, you know, so they have to keep doing it. So it has become a definite tradition or, or else else. I'm going to turn this page. Sorry if it's loud. Um, let me see if I have anything else interesting. Oh, it says, too, like, before they really knew how to get rid of him, they would sometimes leave food on their doorstep, hoping he'd eat that and keep going. That's kind of creepy, too. Yeah. But that's... So. Well, we leave food yeah. out for Santa Claus. Right? <laughs> A little different, but... <laughs> we're not worried he's going to kill us while we're sleeping, but maybe in some places. I know some places Santa Claus is not nice. Nobody's called something else, but... Yeah, when he leaves coal and all that, switches yeah. and things like that. Yeah, the switches. So, all right, I think that's it for that one. And I got more, though, don't worry. Not that you're worried. <laughs> I got this huge stack here. I guess I had a lot of fun with this one. <laughs> um, This one I just loved because it's ridiculous. It's called... <laughs> that's ridiculous and well, these other ones are. <laughs> it's, it's just hilarious looking. It's called the Water Leaper. 
Um, it's w from Welsh mythology. I can't pronounce the name in Welsh. I'm not even going to try. I just will botch it. But um, it's a malicious creature that lives in swamps, ponds, rivers, and lakes. And it's a giant limbless frog or toad with a bat's wings. Or sometimes it's depicted as, as having birds' feathery wings. Depends. A long reptilian tail with a large stinger at the tip. So I will show you because it's actually so it's on kind here, of so like a polywog like. with a <laughs> yeah like a oh well with it's a, a fully frog developed head. body. It just doesn't have any legs. Bat wings, and I see it's that looks like a devil's tail because it's got that little thing on the, the little end. point. Yeah. But then I'm like, well, when it lands, it doesn't have any legs to land like how does it <laughs> it lands on its belly i yeah. guess it just goes in the water so maybe that's like it just does it need it goes on the water i don't know but if it flies but it flies yeah um so let's see it leaps across the water using its swing so that's why it's called the water leaper its favorite prey was fish poor sheep who wandered too close to the water's edge <laughs> seems awfully big for that Maybe it's a really big <laughs> frog, I guess. Um, uh, yeah, so sheep who wandered too close or even fishermen. It was said that its appearance alone was to strike one dead, never mind its venomous stinger or blood-curdling screech. It was said to shriek, which stunned its prey, leap up from the water and snap the fishing line of fishermen, dragging the poor soul into the water's abyss. Only to be engulfed by its insatiable appetite. So it just eats you up. All the time. As many as it can. Yeah. Must be. So it doesn't, there's no modern sightings. So they <laughs> hypothesize it may be endangered or extinct. <laughs> Possibly due to hunting. I'm like, yeah, I was, I was hunted. <laughs> Um, some people think that it may have been a misidentified stingray, stingray, or part also be a chim chimiara, part bat, frog, and lizard. So, I don't know. I don't think that's something that's real. Mm, well, I don't know. It could it's, be. It might be extinct. It I mean, might <laughs> have been hunted and now it's extinct. That's right. I like how they're like, it could be an endangered species. <laughs> I'm like, I'm imagining it would be if it was real, like, that you would want to get rid of those. <laughs> well, if it's eating people and eating your sheep, that's a livelihood. Okay, so my next one is, this one's hard for me to say, Nguru Vu, I think. It starts with an N, N-G-U-R-U-V-I-L-U, -U -U, and it's a, um, from the from the Mapuche of South America, uh, Mapuche, I should say, Mapuche, I think, of South America. So it's a river-dwelling creature and looks much like a strange fox with a long body, similar to a snake, and a long tail with fingernails that it uses like a claw. But it's um, a water beast, so it stays in the water. But it, it looks like a fox face. <laughs> like a fox <laughs> Like a strange fox, yeah. not a normal fox. Well, just parts of it must look like a fox because 
Let's just say it had like a... A long body like a snake. So I'm picturing like a fox head, I guess, and a long snake body. I guess it could have legs too. And a long tail with fingernails that it uses like a claw. So it's like Mm. a giant finger, but a tail. (laughs) I don't know. It's creepy. Um, So they live in and cause dangerous whirlpools, which pools which kill people who try to cross rivers and the creature makes the water shallow on either ford to encourage people to try to cross it so like they think oh it looks safe i'll go ahead and cross now except once they start crossing it it gets them they fall into that whirlpool yeah and the only way to really cross is by the safe way is by a boat um the only way to get rid of it is to get a shaman or um, a good sorcerer, which I guess it's called the Kalku. I don't know what that why it would be. I guess they have bad sorcerers too. Like sorcerer is like a witch, isn't it? But a male one or a wizard? I think so. Um, they do the same stuff, I think. Yeah. So the Kalku is to be offered gifts in return for the service of the Ingruvio removal. So you have to give him stuff, and he'll go. They wade, or she, it could be a she, they wade into the river until they reach the whirlpool, and then they dive in. Then they swim to the surface, having captured the beast, which I, <laughs> I don't want to try to pronounce again, <laughs> in their arms with their magical abilities. And then she proceeds to threaten the creature with a long, sharp knife, saying she will mutilate it if it ever harms another person trying to cross the waterway. And that is enough to make it go away. And she puts it back in the water, and it leaves, and then everybody can cross the water safely again. Hmm. And they think it just (laughs) moves down the river to the next town. Probably. Yeah. Maybe. It's supposed to be so safe now that the whirlpools will shrink or disappear, but it's so safe that even the frailest old woman or youngest child that lives there can cross without any trouble. So, a little foxy snake <laughs> with the long nail. But it can't be that big if the, someone can just go down and pick it up. Yeah, it can't be that big. Yeah. And also, just I just picture them with the knife like, you need to get out of town or we're going to tap you up. And it's like, oh crap, I'm out of here. <laughs> Oh, yeah, after it's killed everybody. Yep. And just, it just seems kind of like an easy solution. It sounds like somebody was trying to make some money. Like the town sorcerer is like, hmm, my stocks are getting low. I better get out there and get some gifts. <laughs> Take yeah. care of something and get rid of it. Find a whirlpool. Yeah, that I can... Make a pathway to it. Yeah. Try to <laughs> I don't get know, some people like a lot to of work. Cross it. Yeah, just get a real job now. <laughs> Okay, so my next one is the infamous Mothman. Yeah. Did you ever see the movie with Richard Gere? The Mothman Prophecies? No. Oh, you should watch it. With Richard Gere? Richard Gere, yeah. Mothman even calls him on the phone, and it's like, when he answers it. Huh. I mean, I've heard Mothman before, but I have no idea what that's about. Yeah, it's a pretty good movie. What's the name of the movie? I think it's called The Mothman. Prophecies? 
prophecies? The Mothman prophecies or just the Mothman? You'll know, though, if you just, like... Well, I'm going to write that down, though, because that sounds... I don't know if I'll ever watch it, but... I mean, it'll have to be on somewhere you can watch it for free, probably. <laughs> yeah, I'm too cheap. <laughs> Especially Richard Gere being a, in a moth, you know, I something know, like that. I know, he's like a pretty boy. Okay, so let's see. The Mothman is a West Virginian story from Point Pleasant, the Point Pleasant area. Um, and it started in on November 15th, 1966. And I guess it was, like, popular until December 15th, 1967. Although I did see a, a thing about somebody thought they saw him and had a, taken a picture in, like, sometime, like, 1996 or something like that. They have a picture? Yeah. And I, and I have it on my phone, so I'll show it to you when I get to that part. But, and, but. You'll see. But anyway... Um, you have to put that on this. Yeah, I'll put that on, like, Instagram or something yeah. so people can see it. Um, okay, so the the big thing was, like, a couple sees a, a man-sized bird creature in the national press picked up the story. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, let me see. Some people believe that it started from sightings of out-of-migration sandhill cranes or herons, because they're trying to figure out, like, what these people see. Um, but maybe I should tell you this story first. So, on November 15th, two young couples from Point Pleasant, Roger and Linda Scarberry and Stephen Mary Mallet, told police they saw a large gray creature whose eyes glowed red when the car's headlights picked it up. They described it as a large flying man with 10-foot wings. That's pretty big. Yeah, it's pretty scary. Like, I don't know, it's a big crane. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> they said it was following their car while they were driving in an outside area of town known as the TNT area, a site of a former World War II munitions plant. Okay, so during the next few days after that, other people started reporting similar sightings. Two volunteer firemen um, said that they saw a large bird with red eyes. Um, Mason County Sheriff George Johnson commented that he believed the sightings were due to an unusually large heron he termed a ship shite poke. Sorry. <laughs> there we get the the rating. We're getting our swears oh, in. Yeah. <laughs> um, Contractor Newell Patridge told Johnson that when he aimed a flashlight at a creature in a nearby field, its eyes glowed like bicycle reflectors. Yeah, but that happens with... I mean, yeah. yeah. Additionally, he blamed buzzing noises from his television set and the disappearance of his German shepherd on the creature. I think those were in the movie. Um, wildlife biologist Robert L. Smith at West Virginia University told reporters that the description and sightings all fit the Sandhill Crane, a large American crane almost as tall as a man, with a seven-foot wingspan featuring circles of reddish coloring around the eyes. He hypothesized that the bird had wandered out of its migration route and therefore was unrecognized at first because it wasn't expected you know, yeah. to see it. Um, some people thought that it was due to the popularity of the Batman TV series <laughs> at the time that they were seeing bats, you know. Um, uh, let's see. And then in, on December 15th, 1967, they had the collapse of the Silver Bridge and the death 
of 46 people, and the incidents gave rise to the legend and connected the Mothman sightings to the bridge collapse. So they thought it was caused by the Mothman. Okay, so the, the but did someone see him when the bridge, bridge collapsed? Or they I just don't decided? know. Like in the movie, I think there was something about that, <clears throat> like where, you, you know, the moth was there. So there might have been. It wasn't mentioned here. Mom, this is from Wikipedia, too. I haven't... I should probably look up more. I was getting, as I told you a few minutes ago when the mic was off, but they have a um, a Mothman documentary on one of the Netflix or Hulu or one of those channels. So I might get more information from that. I kind of wanted to watch it. Well, but I, I was get just a thinking if a bridge collapsed. I mean, you could blame that on anything if you don't see something that... Well, they don't want to blame it on whoever built the bridge or that they didn't maintain the bridge. Yeah. So it's easier to say, it was Mothman who <laughs> made me do it. No. <laughs> and then, oh, it was in 2016 that um, the TV, a TV channel had a photo that somebody said was of Mothman that was taken while he was driving um, in Mason County, but... Again, like people who saw, saw the photo said that it, they thought it looked more like an owl carrying a frog or a snake away. And I have it here, so I'm going to show you and see what you think. Okay. So here's the image. It kind of looks like a duck with a dinosaur head on upside down. <laughs> well... Well, because it looks like it's flying this way. And you see the feathers on the wing, kind of. I don't know. It's kind of weird looking, right? Yeah, the way the, the, the legs are, birds wouldn't really have their legs up there. But the way the wing is, you wouldn't have something carrying it. I don't know. The yeah, way it just, this looks like feathers. And it... I thought it could be as carrying a snake because a snake could still be alive and kind of like moving its body in that other direction. Because you would think with gravity and stuff it would be going down, not up. Yeah, well, the way the feathers are, it looks like, and that looks like the head there. Oh, yeah, and that would be its feet. Oh, I guess See, its I thought feet. this was its mouth and then it was carrying something. But that could be because that could be the feet with the snake coming off it. Yeah, that's yeah. true. It That's is a weird picture, what it is. and I think there was like a couple other shots where you could see it like flying into a tree, and there it really just looks like a bird to me, like a kind of a big bird, but yeah. So while um, this was going on, there was like some hoaxes people did too, like um, this group of construction workers tied flashlights to helium balloons and, like, let them go to see if they'd get people all riled up about it. Um, you know, different things. And now the townhouse, like, has a big festival every year. It's the, um, what did I, I wrote it down here. It's the third weekend of September, so we kind of just missed it, but, uh, they have, um, a Mothman, Mothman museum there. They have bus tours that take you around all the sightings <laughs> and, like, the area that they first saw it, which was, like, the government's, um, what was it called? The Oh, the World War II munitions plant, the TNT area, and it has these, like, bunkers that 
open up, you know, they let you look into them. Um, and then they have, like, people dressed like Mothman, like, wandering around so you could take pictures with them. It sounds really fun. I kind of want to go. <laughs> Where is it? Um, it's in Point Ple- the Point Pleasant area in West Virginia. And they have, like, a giant Mothman's- Mothman statue in town. So they've really, like, capitalized on, oh, yeah. on the story. Well, I think any of them... It's, do that. it's a huge festival. They said that they estimate they get between ten and 12,000 people a year. Oh. Yeah. That's pretty good. They have a research center. They have bands that come and play, you know, <laughs> the, the usual festival stuff. Um, guest speakers. They have a pancake eating contest. <laughs> I guess it's probably oh. like their fall festival, but yeah. it's Mothman style. Oops. Sorry about that noise. So... Yeah, that one was kind of fun. I want to watch the documentary. Maybe, yeah. Maybe we'll do another episode with more in-depth stuff. Um, the next one I have is the Jersey Devil, which was in South Jersey in Philadelphia in the U.S. Um, it's supposed to inhabit the Forest of Pine Barrens. And I have a little picture of this one, too, because it's kind of Pine funny. Pine Barrens? Yeah. Is that where they... Um... Went to get rid of people on the uh, the Sopranos. Oh, it might be. And they be. were stuck in that forest. Remember? <laughs> I'm gonna that? have to look that up because that would be like <laughs> hilarious if it was. Um, it's described as a flying biped, which means it stands on two feet with hooves. Um, but there's different variations. But the common description is that it has like kind of looks like a kangaroo with a horse or goat head <laughs> and leathery bat like wings. It also has horns and small arms, kind of like a, um, what's that dinosaur? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't think of it um, now. I have all those shirts with it on, too. But T-Rex? T-Rex, yeah, with the little arms. Um, it has arms and wings? And it wings. it looks like a pterodactyl from upside it down. It does, but with a horse head. <laughs> and it has a forked tail. Here, let me turn this so you can see it better. And um, it emits a high-pitched, blood-curdling scream. Huh. That'd make me just... I wouldn't even look at it. I'd probably just be running back in the house. <laughs> I mean, once you saw this dude coming, you're just like, what the hell? I'm out of here. I must be dreaming. I'm going back to bed. I'd be just, like, telling Jim to go out, check on it. <laughs> yeah, and he would, too. Yeah, he'd be chasing he'd be it around really with a flashlight. In, what is it? What is that? I want to see. <laughs> He's going to eat you. <laughs> Um, so it started with this legend that, um, there was this family known as the Leeds and they had 12 children. And after she was found out she was pregnant for the first time, I guess she was sick of having kids. She cursed the child in frustration, crying that the child would be the devil. So... In 1735, when she was in in labor on a stormy night with her friends gathered around her, I don't know if I buy that, but um, there was like a child, the 13th child was born normal, but it changed to a creature with hooves, a goat goat head, bat wings, and a forked tail. And then growling and screaming, the child um, like hit everyone with its tail before flying up the chimney and heading into the pines. In some versions of the legend, the mother was supposedly a witch and the father was the devil. Um, and apparently, 
in some of the stories, a local clergyman attempted to exorcise the creature from the Pine Barrens, but wasn't successful, I guess. So, hmm. there's like this whole big story about all the, you know, when people came to the U.S. and colonized it and everything. You know, this family was one of those families. Um, but that gave them credit. Yeah, it gave it kind of the story some more. Um, so let me see. <laughs> Can't be much credibility. Starting in really. <laughs> the 17th century, the English Quakers established settlements in southern New Jersey, the region in, in which the Pine Barrens are located. I bet it is the... On the I think it is, because I think that's the name of the episode. They called it. Um, Daniel Leeds, a Quaker and a prominent person of pre-revolution colonial southern New Jersey, became ostracized by his Quaker congregation after his 1687 publication of almanacs containing astrological symbols and writings. And Leeds' fellow Quakers deemed the astrology in these almanacs to be too pagan or blasphemous and they were censored and destroyed by the local Quaker community. So, like, that's the dad of the devil child that was born. So it kind of sounds like they just wanted to run that family out, you know? Yeah. Um, I think a lot of this stuff that gets done, you know, made up or whatever is to get rid of people. Yeah, it's like... We'll just call them these names, which we still do. We call people sluts and whores and all that kind of stuff to sort of like, you know. Make them look bad. Yeah. Um, so there's some sightings of the of the uh, Jersey Devil that happened that I thought were kind of amusing. According to legend, while visiting the Hanover Mill Works to inspect his cannonballs being forged... Commodore Stephen Decatur <laughs> sighted a flying creature and fired a cannonball directly upon it to no effect. So it couldn't kill it. And then Joseph Bonaparte, I hope that's right, elder brother of Napoleon, is also claimed to have seen the Jersey Devil while hunting on his border town estate about 1820. He had an estate in New Jersey? Apparently. Huh. I didn't know that. Those people got around. They had all that money. (laughs) They're like traveling the world, conquering it and stuff. Um, During 1859, the Atlantic Monthly published an article detailing the Leeds Devil folk tales popular among the the Pine Barren residents. Um, So this is part of the story. Whenever he went near it, it would give a most unearthly yell that frightened the dogs. It whipped at every dog on the place. That thing, said the colonel, is not a bird nor an animal, but it is the Leeds devil, according to the description, and it was born over in Evesham, Burlington County, a hundred years ago. There is no mistake about it. I never saw the horrible critter myself, but I can remember well when it was roaming around in Evesham woods fifty years ago, and when it was hunted by men and dogs and shot at by the best marksmen there were in South Jersey but could not be killed. There isn't a family in Burlington or any of the adjoining counties that does that does not know of the Leeds Devil, and it was the boogaboo to frighten children when I was a boy. So, 
1840, the Jersey Devil was blamed for several livestock killings, of course. Um, in Greenwich, during December 1925, a local former farmer shot an unidentified animal as it attempted to steal his chickens and then photographed the corpse. Afterward, he claimed that none of the hundred people he showed it to could identify it. On July 27, 1937, an unknown animal with red eyes, seen by residents of Down Downington, Pennsylvania, was compared to the Jersey Devil by a reporter for the Pennsylvania Bulletin. Um, in 1951, a group of Gibston, Gibstown, New Jersey boys claimed to have seen a monster matching the devil's description, and claims of a corpse matching the Jersey Devil's description arose in 1957. During 1960, tracks and noises heard near May's Landing were claimed to be from the Jersey Devil. And during the same year, merchants around Camden offered a $10,000 reward for the capture of the Jersey Devil, even offering to build a private zoo to house the creature if it was captured. Well, they wanted to capture it alive. Yeah, and then go look at it. <laughs> and I think some of the stuff was debunked because I read that, like, when they looked at the footprints that they supposedly got, they were really just horse hoofs. <laughs> yeah. Well, it has horse feet, right? Yeah. But I mean, yeah, you know, it would be easy to like fake it. And then, um, when was the last sighting? That was that one oh, that said he shot it. Oh, there are more. Um, there's a lot. I didn't want to read all of them, but there's quite a few different ones, but, um, yeah, I don't remember where I am now. Sorry. Oh, um, this guy, Jeffries, um, was a publicist for Philadelphia's Arch Street Museum, and he was a renowned hoaxer. Whoops. Sorry. It's okay. Um, he supposedly planted a non-fictional newspaper story about new sightings of the devil, um, and he had his friend, Jacob Hope, an animal trainer, he had purchased a kangaroo from a circus and glued artificial claws and bat wings <laughs> onto it. And they declared to the public that they had captured the devil and it was displayed at the museum. But 20 years later, he admitted that it was just a hoax. But they made a little bit of money off of that. They must have done a really good job putting it together if they could, <laughs> no. for 20 years, they well, we, got away with it. When we went to um, Tucson, we went to, um, what's that place where the guns, Tombstone. Yeah. They have a little museum in there where they have um, taxidermied animals where they literally, like, put two different yeah. parts, like a monkey on a fish fish body, you know, stuff, fish tail or whatever. Um, and they would take those around, you know, to show people, and people thought they were real. Yeah. And they looked pretty good. I mean, if you didn't know any, they wouldn't have known any better. Yeah. You know, there's animals that they had never seen before, so... <laughs> even now you're like that looks pretty realistic even though I know it's not real but they did a good job so anyway I think that's probably enough on that one and let me see I got a couple more here that aren't quite so long I think um, this one is the Yale which is a mythical creature and I just thought it was interesting because we live near Yale Yale you know the college Yale whatever Back in Connecticut, but um, it's described as an antelope or goat-like creature with the tusks of a boar and large horns. 
but the horns can like swivel and like move to kill better like get you they can move around like on his head like a sword or whatever yeah um so they that helped them like on the offense and the defense um so it's the size of a river horse has the tail of an elephant and is of a black or tawny color and then some say it also has the jaws of a wild boar and horns you know the horns that are movable i already read that part um so let me see looks like it has a giraffe body on that one it's used in like (laughs) in like uh what is it called when they put it on your shield your symbol oh yeah coat of arms your coat of arms i think um the british royal family has it on some of their things and um because it's supposed to represent bravery and action, but also peace in non-war time. So it's like both. Oh, yeah. Covers everything. Yeah. Um, but then, so like at Yale University, um, the school's primary sports ma- mascot is a bulldog. But throughout the campus, you can find the um, the mythical beast, Yale all over the place it occupies two quadrants of the coat of arms for the faculty of arts and sciences um it's depicted on the official banner of the president of the university and um its head is carried and displayed during commencement exercises each spring which is kind of weird (laughs) and they can be seen above the gateway to yale's davenport college and the pediment of Timothy Dwight College. And the student-run campus radio station um, uses the Yale as its logo. Huh. You never know what the... the. Well, you would think a school would rather have a something that's real rather than a mythical... Thing, but I, I think guess it kind of like covers everything. It kind of says like to me, it's like old money. Like it's you know the oh. British use it. It's this yeah you know thing that you know means something beyond that. Um, people think that it was probably just um, an antelope or a water buffalo, but that people thought was. When they saw it, then they thought it was a Yale, you know, one of those kind of like they saw it and then like added on kind of things, I guess. Well, I think that's that's what happens with all of these, that it, yeah. it grows with the telling. It's like based in something real, but... If I see it, I'm going to add, it's going to be better than when you saw it. <laughs> yeah, mine had, you know, three horns or whatever. Um, this one is called the Namazoo. I hope it's um, from Japanese mythology and it's like a giant catfish who is underground and causes earthquakes. So it lives under the islands of Japan and is guarded by the god Takamikazuki, maybe, and um, who's enshrined at Kashima. And he restrains the catfish with a stone. Another thing, you stick a stone on it, <laughs> keeps it there forever. <laughs> Um, when the Kashima god lets his guard fall, Nam- Namazu thrashes about causing violent earthquakes. 
Must be big. Yeah, I think so. Um, there's a little bit more. Let me see. So, yeah, let me see. It was kind of interesting because there's like little stories that happened that kind of like like uh, supported the theory that it was causing the earthquake. So like, um, they said that the catfish was like a symbol that kind of was used to predict that earthquakes were going to happen. And prior to the 1855 Edo earthquake, an eel fisherman reportedly spotted unusual cat active catfish in a river, which he took as a predictor of an earthquake. And later that night, there was like this, you know, the big earthquake. Um, the anecdote recorded in an 1856 chronicle of journalistic reporting on the earthquake is the earliest known claim that catfish can naturally predict earthquakes. Earthquakes. So yeah, but there's other animals that do too. Oh, they I'm say sure. They all act a little weird. When but I guess catfish are big, happens. big in their culture anyway. So yeah, it makes sense that they like paying attention. Um. But that's kind of cool that it's true. Like the catfish kind of act behave differently. Yes. Um, So apparently in the 1930s, Japanese seismologist Shinkishi Hatai, Hati, I don't know how they pronounce it in Japanese, um, in Noboru Abe demonstrated that catfish in aquaria showed increased agitation several hours before earthquakes occurred, earthquakes occurred, and were able to predict quakes with 80% accuracy. That's pretty good. So, which is good if you have earthquakes and you want to have a little preparation time, I guess. Um, I thought this was interesting, too. Um, the Namazu was held responsible for the earthquake disaster, but it was also hailed as a god of world rectification, that is to say a sort of an avenger of social injustice, which expressed the public's political sentiment at the time. The rich had hoarded their wealth, but these were largely disgorged due to the earthquake and redistributed redistributed to the world at large, and that's sort of the symbolism of... Uh, these large gold coins, I guess, that go with the goldfish, because they have they do a lot of wood carvings. Or not? Did I say goldfish? Catfish. Yeah. They do a lot of carvings with the catfish. Um. So with gold coins. Yeah. So like, um, they, well, the pictures of the earthquake would have gold coin have often have gold coins depicted around where the earthquake happened. I guess. So a large amount of the money went into the rebuilding effort, and the job opportuni- opportunities resulted in a redistribution. Just I can't say it. A redistribution of wealth. I'm having a hard time with that word today. And um, one picture is printed with a jingle with the refrain that says "World fixing, world fixing, rebuilding." So the catfish like helped them have a more equal system, I guess. Or that's what they thought. So it also represents that to them. So did the catfish cause the earthquake? Well, the... And then real catfish predict the earthquake? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that's kind of funny too, right? Yeah. All right, I think I just have two more. So this one is a bot. 
Abaye, Abaye. Um, it's a Mel Melanesian mythology, or from Mel Melanesian mythology, and it's a magic eel. Um, eel? Eel, yeah. Uh, they're kind of snake-like. So it's a type of large eel that dwells at the bottom of fre freshwater lakes in Fiji, Solomon, and the Van Vanuatu Islands. Um, the Abaya is said to consider all creatures in the lake its children and protects them furiously against anyone who would try to harm or disturb them. If you try to catch one from catch the fish from the lake, or if you try to catch fish from the lake containing the abaya, you're immediately overwhelmed by a large wave caused by the thrashing of its powerful tail. So if you try to catch fish that it's protecting, it's gonna like cause a huge wave of water to let you know it's not you're not gonna get away with it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Here's one of the, this is like a little story that illustrates like its power and stuff. One day a man, this is from Wikipedia. One day a man discovered a lake in which were many fish and at the bottom of the lake lived a magic eel, but the man knew it not. He caught many fish and returned the next day with the people of his village whom he had told of his discovery and they also were very successful. While one woman even laid hold of the great eel Abaya, who dwelt in the depths of the lake, but escaped from her. But because Abaya got caught, Abaya was angry that his fish had been caught and that he himself had been seized. So he caused a great rain to fall that night, and the waters of the lake also rose, and all the people were drowned except one old woman who had not eaten of the fish and who had saved herself in a tree. Hmm. So she lived to tell the story. Yeah. So, interesting. I don't like eels, though, so I'm like, eh, stay. I won't take your fish. No problem. I'll get fish somewhere else. All right, and my last one is an Egyptian one called Amet, Devourer of the Dead. Um, <laughs> I know, sounds like a fun job. <laughs> Amet was a goddess in ancient Egyptian religion, with the forequarters of a lion, so the front feet are lion, the hindquarters of a hippopotamus, and the head of a crocodile. <laughs> I just love this one. <laughs> okay, so what's the front quarters? A lion. a lion with a hippopotamus butt. Yep, and little tail, and then the head of a crocodile. So it's a funerary de deity, and her titles included Devourer of the Dead, Eater of Hearts, and Great of Death. And she lived near the scales of justice in Duat, the Egyptian underworld. In the Hall of Two Truths, Anubis weighed the heart of a person against the feather of Ma'at, Ma'at, the goddess of truth, which was depicted as an ostrich feather. The feather was often pictured in Ma'at's headdress. If the heart was judged to be impure, Amet got to eat it. Oh, and the person <laughs> undergoing judgment was not allowed to con continue their voyage. You know, towards immortality. Uh, and then once the heart eaten out. Yeah. And once Emmett swallowed the heart, the soul was believed to become restless forever. This was called to die a second time. Emmett was also sometimes said to stand by a lake of fire. In some traditions, the unworthy hearts were cast into the fiery lake to be destroyed. Um, and some scholars believe Emmett and the lake represent the same concept of destruction. 
So Oh, she's also sometimes depicted as having the upper body of a leopard or a tiger and the back legs and lower body of a hippopotamus. So yeah. I guess they were like the three deadliest animals in that area or whatever. So they put them together to create her. So kind of interesting. But that's it. That's all I got. Hmm. Hmm. You're like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Interesting. I tried to stay away from, like, the real popular ones because I figure most people have heard of the Loch Ness Monster or Bigfoot. Well, and there's tons of podcasts on them. I kind of, um, I don't know, like, all our mythology mythical creatures now are pretty darn tame compared to what they had back from then, back then. <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, uh, it's hard to believe i mean what do we have bigfoot i guess we have mothman Bigfoot. yeah chupacabras <laughs> chupacabras well we have like the unicorns too i didn't want to do unicorns because well they're they're so they're like little kid stuff now yeah i don't know what they were when they originally started but maybe they were ugly they and were evil. evil i notice like a lot of things too will start off pretty or something or vice versa and then become uglier as time goes on or they start off ugly and become yeah. um, like harpies were like beautiful maidens stuck on a bird body but then over time in the stories they became like these ugly more ugly hags yeah. on a bird body yeah yeah so well what they did was ugly so yeah, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Although, like, a pretty face, would I would think, would lure you in easier. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of interesting. But that's all I got. Yeah. I still, I forgot that because I put it on the first page, one of my um, offsprings of Typhoon and Echidna oh. was uh, the Cerberus, that the um, three-headed dog that guards the gate. Yeah. Of Hades that I talked about before. Yeah. And, and it was in Harry Potter. Yes. Well, they said that he may have had more than three heads. And yeah, because I feel like when we talked about it before, when we did the Hell episode, that it had more heads. Because it wasn't quite like the Harry Potter one. I think it just depends on who's telling, who's telling the story. story. Yeah. Because it says some, he's often portrayed as looking similar to a bulldog. No. With a bulldog body with a serpent tail. <laughs> I find that even more amusing. <laughs> and I said a head could be snakes or any other beast heads. <laughs> I guess like when you, if you get enough heads, you got to have more options. And that he would vomit out a poisonous bile or... Poisonous foam or fire. Foam. Ugh, makes me want to throw up a little. <laughs> foam just sounds gross. <laughs> and then some of the stories said he was made up of part canine, lion, goat. You know, it's like, or a snake, so. I guess like whatever scary animal you were dealing with at the time, well, or he, wherever you lived. He was garden, you know guarding the gates of hell basically so maybe it would change depending on that person's fear or what they re would recognize or something 
Goats can be pretty mean. And they're smart. They're the intelligent ones, right? <laughs> but they said that, um, I guess, one of the stories is uh, Zeus's daughter, Perse- Perse- Persephone. Yeah, Persephone. I've got that, how to spell it pronounce it and I didn't get yeah that's a, that's like mm-hmm. names making a comeback I've seen some people name that lately. yeah and it the, and I thought it was Persephone at first and then Persephone sounds much prettier yes it does <laughs> and um kidnapped she was kidnapped by Hades and uh Zeus sent Hercules again <laughs> down to bring her back and I guess he bribed, and it's the only time that somebody could get in and get out, is he bribed um, the dogs, Cerberus with uh, honey water. Oh. And that was one of his weaknesses, I guess, yeah. the only weakness he had. But I, I, I didn't know what happened. I don't know if he brought her back, or I don't think he did, because now she was the king, queen of the underworld, so she must have decided she liked being with Hades. I feel like she... I'm not sure. Well, not I feel like I think... I sort of remember, like, she got out but had to go back in or something. Like, she can only come out once in a, once a, while, once in a while or something. I'd have to look that up, though. I yeah. can't remember. I wish my memory was better because I know I've <laughs> I've looked into that. But, ah, uh, well, well, life. Yeah, I do, too, because a lot of this I just wrote down yesterday, and I'm like, oh, I <laughs> yes, forgot to mention this one. Yeah. Because uh, this one is the one I started, at, well, I started with the Kraken and... And that, but then I remembered I wanted to go into Cerberus a little more deeply because of him guarding the gates of of Hades, and and then every time you say Hades, I just think about the zombie oh. cucumber <laughs> last episode, and then I feel like I'm laughing at inappropriate times. <laughs> I keep chuckling. <laughs> yeah, he was 28 feet tall. That's the only oh other thing gosh. I had. But he was huge. And uh, I could see where it would probably, whatever scares you the most, that's the head he, heads he would have. But it's like, why is it, why do they have to guard the gates of hell? I thought they want you to go there. Well, they don't want you to get back out. Oh, okay, I got it now. <laughs> Never mind. You know, they... I'm slow today. <laughs> they kind of, they probably were like, come, come on this in. way, right through here. Come on And in. then shut the gate and then you can't get out again. Then you got the drooling foam dog, oh, 38 feet tall. Poisonous Probably foam, yeah. hasn't had a bath in a long time. Yeah. I always think about what stuff would smell like. I don't know why. Well, because, you know, I would think back, I don't know, even 100 years ago, probably things did not smell very I mean, good. They don't always smell good now, so imagine. Yeah. So, anyway, that's all the, the, the beasts that I got. I... That's probably good, pretty good. Probably got to wrap this up because we're getting up close to two hours here. Really? Well, yeah. maybe you'll cut some of it out. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I always think I'll cut some stuff out, but I never do. Yeah. Well, we had a few Long empty pauses, spaces, but yeah. that's only probably seconds. So anyway, I guess we better... You don't think the listeners want to hear all our discussion of editing? <laughs> probably not. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what they want to hear because no one's told us what they want to hear. Well, that's true. If you guys want to let us know, like, I mean, if you can pronounce some of these words for us, that would be awesome. Or names. Let us know if we're saying them right. That's probably what makes them laugh. <laughs> I know. It makes me laugh. 
Well, sometimes, too, like, know. after we get done, I go back and look stuff up because I'm like, what? Why didn't I look that up the first time, you know? And then I kind of laugh at us. We get stuff well, mixed up or whatever. But, yeah. yeah. But if you want to contact us, you can email us at guardyloopod. That's G-A-R-D-Y-L-O-O-P-O-D at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at Gardilu or Pod. And we really, really would like to hear from from you. Let us know what you're interested in. Yeah, is there some topic you want to learn more about? Because we have a really, really big list, but we're really always looking for new ideas to add to it, too. <laughs> Love making lists, so. And what's next week? I have no idea. Oh, next week is fad Fad, fad diets and fad foods, I guess. Yeah. The big fads. Yeah. Yeah. I won't be too good on the diets. The only diet I've ever been on is the seafood diet. <laughs> seafood eat it diet? Yes. Well, I have a lot of, I've already done quite a bit of research on the diets, and they're all pretty upsetting, actually, but interesting. Oh, so, good. It'll be fun. So if you've uh, got any stories about going on a fad diet, let us know. If we hear from you, we'll we'll read some of your um, emails um, in the show. Yeah, I think that'd be good. Yeah, it'd be fun. All right, All well, right. thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Got it, Lou!